Hello, everyone, and welcome to Married at the Movies, a podcast where a married couple discusses their often wildly different opinions on movies. I'm Monica, and I'm here with my husband, Sean. Hey, everybody. This week, we talk about our second full week of Thanksgiving. We're joined by our very first ever guest, Comedy Sports Philadelphia's Kristen Finger, and we review our power hankings. Power hankings! <laughs> wow. We have a lot to get into, uh, so let's dive in right away. On Monday, we watched the classic You've Got Mail. Yes, we did. Yes. Now, this might be a ladies versus gentlemen type of look at this. Because this is just a classic chick flick. It has all the things that a good chick flick should have. And I've probably seen this movie 20 to 30 times before rewatching it with Sean. But Sean, it was your first viewing, yes? Yes, it was my very first viewing. And I would argue that the one thing it doesn't have to be a great chick flick is a charming female lead. Um, I just, guys, I still, nobody's explained it to me yet. I don't understand Meg Ryan. I just don't. She's adorable. She's, I feel like she tries super hard to be quirky and like lovable. And it just, it for me comes off very much the wrong way. Like, this is a choice I'm making and it's a strong choice. Watch me make it. And I made it. And now I'm. Punching the air. Look at me. I'm so cute. And all my sleeves cover my hands. <laughs> like, I just... Uh, guys, I don't yeah, get it. I, I, I can understand that. But I think it's... It's just she's... You don't really know her for anything else but chick flicks. Like, that's her... Did she do anything else? Um, I think she might have done things other than... <laughs> Very strong. Chick flicks. Very confident. I mean, I don't know. I do know that I learned maybe three years ago, that I mentioned Meg Ryan in class. I teach eighth graders. And they had no idea who I was talking about. Yeah, no should like, they. I'm like, I mean... Meg Ryan? No, they're like, who is that? Is she a singer? I'm like, Meg, Meg Ryan? And then I really thought, like, oh my gosh, the last movie she did was probably 20 years ago yeah. before I mean, the kids were even born. the classics with Tom Hanks, what else? I mean, City of Angels, right? Okay, well, my favorite... But what else is there? My favorite chick flick. Is French Kiss, and that's her. With also Kevin Klein. Also IQ with Tim Robbins. Okay. Also adorable. Okay. Is she just like knows how to do a chick flick? Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. Maybe this might have been towards the end of that, so maybe she's like phoning it in or uh, no, trying very hard not to be the same character, even though she plays. The same no, character. she plays the same character, but I think she owns that, <sighs> and she knows like, hey, I'm making millions of dollars on this, and I just have to play the same role I all just... the time. I, I don't get it. I mean, there are a few scenes when uh, they meet for the first time in the restaurant. I feel like that was a very good scene. It's I really liked fun. I liked that scene a lot. Both of them felt, you know, it was it, that was the first time I think she came off as actually kind of charming. Mm-hmm. And well, you didn't know that he knows no, before which, she does. Yeah, I thought it was this whole wonderful romance thing with mm-hmm. two people completely unawares. And then it turns out that he kind of, like, gaslights her for the entire second half of the movie, which I had slight problems with. It just feels really disingenuous and kind of manipulative. No, because he knows that if she knew him as the Fox Books guy, she wouldn't give him a chance. So he's starting to like her, and he he has to make 
you know, NY152, this, like, not-so-great person all the time, and but they have, like, strong connections with the things they talk about, and he's got to, he's got to, like, make that connection. She wouldn't have given him a chance otherwise. Yeah. Because he put her out of business. Yeah. And then he has to make NY152 seem bad for standing her up. So he... Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I I feel like there's there's some problems with it when you look at it through like you know it, he he's in charge of the situation in in a way where he can get exactly what he wants from it. Yeah, but not in like a creepy way. No, not necessarily. Like he's but not it could, making her do anything she doesn't want to do. It would be easy to go in that direction if well, yeah. somebody like Tom Hanks wasn't deftly handling the character. Yes. I don't, I, yeah, I mean, it's not bad, you know, it's not like horror, it's not 27 Dresses, which I believe <laughs> is still in my top three worst movies of all time. Yeah. I just love that now looking back at it now, the so 90s aspect of it, like the mm-hmm. whole you've got mail signing online and screen names and yeah, all that, all that kind of stuff. It's sort of new in the movie in the time that it was made, but now like looking back on it, it's like. Oh, times were simpler then. Yeah. I mean, who really (laughs) forms a relationship and, like, gets to know somebody and really, you know, blooms a love out of talking online? If you haven't picked up on it, I'm talking about Monica and I. (laughs) Yes. I'm not good at in-person talking, you guys. Yeah. If it weren't for Instant Messenger, we never would have been here. Ah, I wouldn't say never, but it might have taken a lot longer and you would have gotten fed up with it. Probably would would have friend zoned you for wow yeah that's a whole other discussion (laughs) anyway it's a great my favorite my favorite part of the movie is when she's sick and he goes over to talk to her and she's this like loopy kind of on drugs thing and I'm I'm gonna put on trench coat because that's what I do and then I stuff tissues into it it's really it's really cute and it's just overall it's fun. All right, so let's get, get yeah. into our uh, ratings for this one. Uh, I give I gave You Got Mail an 8 out of 10. See, so, like, it's not, like, well, you know, top, top, top. The problem is it's still, like, a chick flick, you know? Yeah. And, like, sometimes it's hard to say that they're great movies. Right. Um, it, it does all the things that I want it to do as far as, you know, a, a chick flick is concerned. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it's extremely predictable, and yeah. it it's hard. Some of these rankings are hard to rate them as movies outside of their genres. Yeah, you know, like if I fair. if I think about a chick flick, it's like a ten out of ten. It's got all the things. Yeah, but if I'm thinking about a movie as a whole, it's not the best written, mm-hmm. you know, movie. So I can't yeah. I can't in fairness give it a nine or a ten. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I gave it a seven. It's watchable. It is entertaining in a lot of parts, mostly because of Tom Hanks. I, I feel like he is very, very good mm-hmm. at, in this, especially in that, you know, um, I, I don't want to say swarmy, but, you know, he's got like a, I, I don't know, there's just something about him that where he could be like a giant asshole, but he's not. No, he's yet. a nice guy. Yeah. Um, oh, and the classic Hank. Uh, we saw not so much the yelling that he does, but my favorite part is when he finds out, well, he doesn't know it's Meg Ryan yet, but that she's attractive. Hmm. And um, his friend... Um, Dave Chappelle? Yeah, Dave Chappelle 
uh, is like, oh, she's good looking. And then Tom Hanks is like, I knew it. She had to be. She yeah, had to be. Trying to shake a wrought iron <laughs> yeah. fence was pretty great. Yeah. It's so, like, that's a classic, like, shake yeah. of, of Hanks. That's yeah. If, if somebody, like, as I was watching, there was, like, a list formulating in my head of people that I would probably have loved much, much better in the Meg Ryan Than Meg Ryan, yeah. And that was kind of getting in my way of it. But with somebody else, it could be, you know, like an eight or a nine. Mm-hmm. But you just really hate Meg Ryan. I don't hate her. Really? I don't understand Sounds the like appeal. you kinda hate I her. I just don't understand the appeal. Alright. I don't. Okay. Like That's fair. Like scrunch your face and <laughs> cut your hair short. She's adorable. You'd make it in the nineties. I don't <laughs> I don't know. That's not her fault. <laughs> no. I guess it's our fault. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on then uh, to our Tuesday night. Our Tuesday night was a fantastic experience in which we actually saw Apollo 13 in a movie theater. What? Yes. Now, don't worry. It was COVID safe and all of those things. We're actually devoting a special segment on Apollo 13. We're calling it Film in the Time of COVID. A special, a bonus episode. Yes, a bonus episode. Yes. Uh, so we've been hyping up this very like special experience for two weeks now, and mm-hmm. now we're going to make you listen to an entirely different podcast about it. So yes, sorry about out. that. But uh, oh. we hope you don't mind. Um, it was just way too much considering the discussions and possibly arguments we're going to have later in this episode. Yes. We decided to split it off. Um, also because we both agreed Apollo 13 Got a perfect 10. Oh, it's so good. So there's not really so too good. much about the movie that we disagreed on, no. but the experience was fantastic. So you'll have to check out that special film in the time of COVID. Yep. So we'll skip Apollo 13 for now. That moves on to the next movie that we watched, was, which was The Man with One Red Shoe. Yes. This is a lesser, I'm assuming this is a lesser known Hanks film. Yeah, uh, for a, some people. A couple of friends of mine commented that they had never heard of this one. Yeah. And I hadn't either until we put this list mm-hmm. together. Just a general synopsis. It has to do with CIA and sort of shady dealings going on. And Tom Hanks is a random fall guy. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, patsy. Yes. Fall guy. It's a synonym. I know. I just like saying patsy. He's a patsy, she. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's like an over-the-top satirical comedy spy thriller thing where <laughs> I think the intricacies and general uh, overwroughtness of the plot help to drive home the point that it's like this really convoluted like spy mm-hmm. satire yes. thing. And it's, yeah, I mean, you were saying halfway through you had no idea kind of who was on what side. I was, I mean, I don't know, I kind of had... Hard time following along. Maybe it's because it was, what was it, like, Wednesday night we watched that? It was kind of, like, half sleepy. I wasn't giving it, like, my 100% attention. Um, I also think I didn't really figure out until a little bit that it was kind of satirical. Like, it's not really meant to take itself yeah, seriously. Yeah, it really kind of ramps up in the absurdity. <laughs> yeah, because, and then, and then I sort of realized, like, it's okay that I don't fully understand who's who. You know, it kind of... Yeah. It was a very clean version of Austin Powers, like to hmm. me. That sort of yeah, it's a spy movie. It's silly. There's some innuendo, but it's not nearly as like yeah. dirty or ridiculous as yeah. Austin Powers is. Mm-hmm. But that just that's still kind of yeah. silliness. Like you're watching a movie, and we're you know pretending like we're 
serious spies, but it's not really that serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, if you take away the goofiness, I thought the writing was just a little, like it was a little hard to follow. Like I shouldn't have to work that hard to follow a silly movie. Yeah, I think that, I think that served the satirical nature of it, though. You know. And that, like, even if you, if we sat down and wrote out the entire plot that we know, Mm -hmm. like, it still wouldn't really make that much sense. You know, so it's like this weird, entangled, like, web of, who cares, really? Like, they don't don't even know what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's (laughs) just, I think the plot was kind of just there to serve the jokes. And that that can be an issue if the movie's taking itself too seriously. But this Mm -hmm. thing, I don't think ever really took itself seriously. Um, Great cast. You know, a, a bunch of great actors from the time. Guys. We didn't know Carrie Fisher was in this. Yeah, Princess <laughs> Leia. Um, yeah, I mean, even Belushi's not that bad. No. It's funny. Uh, rides into a river on a bike, mm-hmm. something. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's, I would it can't say, be fun. I would say it's not terribly Hanksy. No. I mean, he was good in it and he was funny. Oh, yeah. But I feel like the the things that we really like about, like, did he do any yelling? In this one, the Tom Hanks yelling that we like. I believe he yelled once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't, like, it doesn't stick out to me. That yeah. this one, it's not like this one is, man, nobody but Tom Hanks could have played this one. It That's true. Really, yeah. It really could have been better or worse with mm-hmm. any, you know, decent actor. True. That yeah. it wasn't, this isn't a movie I would say is like, oh, Tom Hanks mm-hmm. is part of this movie. I think that's fair. Yeah. But uh, so what was um, your ranking for this one? Rating. You keep saying ranking. R- rating. Rank? Rating. Rating? You rank things by rating. You rank out 1 to 10. No, you rate, rate from 1 to 10? <laughs> Whatever. Your rating. What is your rating? My <laughs> <laughs> ratings? Uh, what was it? I don't It was 8. It was an 8. I, I really, I think... You could do a lot worse than this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have 92 minutes to kill and want to put on a movie that'll probably make you laugh a good portion of the time, check it out. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely, it deserves to be remembered in the, you know, pantheon of, of Hank's roles. Yes. And I gave it a seven. And I think you kind of hit it there when you said, like, it deserves to be remembered that I don't really... Like, if you t- asked me, like, oh, what are the three funniest things from the movie? Mm-hmm. I think I'd be like, uh, I don't know this one part of the thing. And I don't really have a strong, like, memory of the funny things that happened. So I enjoyed it while it was going on. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really leave, like, a lasting impression for me to sort of, you know, like, after you see a funny movie and then later you're like, oh, my God, you remember that part where this happened? Yeah. I didn't really get that with this movie. So I gave it the, the 7 out of okay. 10. Just... It was still you know, good. Yeah, it was good. It's solid. Yeah. Um, just not anything to write home yeah. about for me. Speaking of solid, <laughs> want to move on to our next film? Oh, you're being sarcastic. Not really. No? No. On Thursday, we watched Larry Crown. Yeah, I thought it was solid. There's really not a lot to say about this movie. I, Not a lot happens in this movie, and there's very low to no stakes in it yeah i mean he loses his job at the beginning so there is you know there's weight to the story Mm -hmm. but it's really just kind of a it's it's hard pressed to say what the like conflict is because there's not a lot of like 
antagonistic behavior from anyone really besides Julia Roberts for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, you know, hang out with these characters. And I I enjoyed, for the most part, all of the characters, mm-hmm. except for a very young Rami Malek, who's playing a guy you're supposed to not yeah, like. Yeah, but it, yeah, you, you hated him, but you kind of liked that you yeah. hated him. Um, I think the issue was that this could have easily been a serious character film. You know, the with the, you know, financial um, situation going on in our world at that time, and he loses his job, and has to go back to college in order to be relevant, even though he has all these years of relevant experience. And I almost wish that the like rom-com aspect like wasn't in there, that it could have been just like a decent character story of Larry Crown. But instead it also kind of turned into this romanticized. I don't, uh, I don't think I agree with that. No. I, I mean, do you yes, don't there, you don't agree that it was a had elements of a rom com or that it had elements, but I don't think that's like I don't think it was a rom com. I think it was just like a character study. It's almost mm. like a tone poem, almost. Okay. Where there, you know. Well, the I, way the way it ended was way too rom com, way too like yeah. oh happy ending, everything's working out, or they just like stare at each other and that's the end. That I almost. If it's going to be a character story, I want a more realistic sort of ending to it. Well, what's not realistic about them finding each other and, and actually, you know? Well, there's like, nothing really that connects them. Like, for them to really like each other, there's not much content there. Mm-hmm. Like, he just gives speeches, and they don't really find out anything about one another. On like a deep, Like, for me, I didn't see on a deep level how they might be connected. Mm-hmm. That I... To me, that wasn't just realistic to be almost like a love at first sight type of type of thing. It wasn't, though. I don't mm. I don't know. I don't think they play that up enough for it to be distracting. I think it, it's fine as is. It's it's fine. It's a mm. you know, it's a solid movie. Again, you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, there's some good Hanks moments. But I think this one's kind of just a good ensemble cast. It's um, Slash Film, one of my favorite film podcasts, says, you know, has a term, a good sit, mm-hmm. you know, where you just, like, enjoy the time you spent with this movie. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about it. Well, this. the writing with the good, like, um, with the speech class and the speech he gives at the end, mm-hmm. which touches on all of their other speeches, yep. like, that was really great. I almost wish, like, that's where it had ended and mm-hmm. just, like, left their sort of relationship kind of up in the air um i just thought i feel like the ending was cheapened some of the good writing okay of the movie all right i gave it a solid seven uh and i through our conversation it sounds like i disliked it more than you but i gave it a 7.5 so (laughs) so (laughs) i don't know maybe thinking back on it yeah we might go back through these you know when we put out our official final power rankings (laughs) to, you know, kind of adjust for the curve. But, Mm -hmm. um, yes, I thought it was, it was fine. It was good. Yeah. All right. That brought us to our Friday night viewing of Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now this was my first time watching this movie. Right. I had not seen it. I'm pretty sure I wasn't allowed to see it when it first came out. Why would that be? (laughs) Because. Well, what year did it come out? Like, I was probably still living at home. 96? 
96, I want to say. 96. Okay, so I was only 10 years old when the movie came out. So, therefore... 98. You were 12. Oh, yes. Those two years make a huge difference. Exactly. So, I definitely wasn't allowed to see this movie when it came out in theaters. Yeah. And then I... I mean, I didn't see it in theaters either, but I just, you know. Um, I remember we were shown the opening 25 or 30 minutes of this film in class. And it was like a big deal is when we started our World War II unit. Um, Shout out to Miss Krepp and McCaskey. Mm -hmm. Uh, fantastic teacher i believe it was ap history um she really you know kind of set the context of what d-day was with this film and i think that kind of um is indicative of the film's treatment of war and you know the just gruesome brutal nature Mm -hmm. in which they show it and you know uh which i know (laughs) is what you didn't like about it i it's i this movie just made me physically sick to my stomach. Like, I felt sick watching the movie. Right. I, I really, if we weren't doing this podcast and this Thanksgiving, I would have walked away from it. Mm-hmm. After about halfway, halfway through. Like, and I, I guess that is the point that they right. want you. But I don't need a reminder about how terrible World War II was. So I can see if this was a movie that was trying to bring to light something that people don't... Um, and something maybe like sex trafficking or something that people don't necessarily know how terrible it is. Yeah. I know. I mean, people know how terrible World War II was and the casualties and all of that. And I feel like, was it trying to educate me on it or was it just going over the top? Like, I felt like I was watching a Tarantino movie at times. Just like, is this needlessly descriptive and needlessly graphic so i think that the difference for this film was that it wasn't glorifying or romanticizing war that's fair and i think it was you know trying to give you a stark honest depiction Mm -hmm. of what was going on while not you know trying to in some other films you know make it seem like it was cool to be in like this combat situation and like this like action movie type things going on when it wasn't like it was you know that utter chaos and dismay that Mm -hmm. was happening you know for the first 25 30 minutes of the of the movie itself and then that doesn't stop you know it it goes from moments of like quiet reflection to that you know very quickly and that kind of gives you an honest depiction of of what World War II could have been like. Yeah. So I think that's the point of it to a certain extent. And then that... And then but it's still like, oh, America saved the day kind of thing at the end. Mm, I think it's way more personal of a story than no, it's but I saying mean, you're saying America... it romanticize it. There's still that element of like, ooh, good thing America was here. I disagree that the movie says that at all. No? No. Because the story is simply about getting this kid home after mm-hmm. his brothers have died. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the overall conflict of World War II. True, but they were still like, oh, we have the, the mission is to win the war. And I don't know. I yeah. feel like a lot of war movies, you know, like that make it seem like oh, America saved the day. Yeah, but idea. I feel like this doesn't okay. at all. I mean, there were there were definitely some great themes as far as morality. Mm-hmm. and what is morally right. So it's interesting amongst all of this senseless killing 
you know, for a cause, they're taking the time to try to find this one person. And people along the way are dying to find this one person Mm -hmm. because his mother has suffered so much loss already. And they, I mean, they definitely remind you of that in the film, even when they find Ryan, he's saying like, what have I done to deserve to go home? I shouldn't abandon these people. But then people, Tom Hanks saying, what are you talking about? People died to come here to save you. Sure. So it was a very interesting, and I still don't really know how I feel about their mission. Mm -hmm. Like, was that morally right? Yeah. And Um, I think that's, you know, one of the points of the movie mm -hmm. is to, you know, show that gray area in like pretty much every aspect of the war, you know? Yeah. Although I wish my one criticism with the ending was that I, I sat through all of that sick. Like, I don't want to be watching this anymore. And I don't even get to see him reunited with his mother at the end. Yeah, see, I think that would have, it would be really hard to not make that moment, like, schmaltzy and just kind of exist for the sake of catharsis. You know, yeah. it, the the story is about the mission. It's not about private crime. You know? Well, the mission is the man. Ooh. That was the uh, tagline. Tagline. Yes. Um, just even, like, I don't even need, like, dialogue. I just need to see, like, him walking up like, the driveway. And then, like, her just there and, like, falling to her knees or something like that. But you got that at the beginning, so it's... Well, that was a different falling to her knees. Yes, but... That just some, like, you know, went through all of this and I don't even get the satisfaction of, like, seeing them reunited. But I think you do seeing his entire family, both at the beginning and the end. So you see, you know, what came of it and what, you know, he got to have because of... Mm -hmm you know, the rest of the men that that found him. Yeah, but then that's an interesting question, too, is that if they had left him to die and all those other men hadn't died, what would they have gone on to do with their lives? What made his accomplishments so much greater than what the other men might have accomplished? But that's what he says, you know, at the mm-hmm. end, he says, earn it. Yeah. And, like, it's mm-hmm. about that, it's, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's just an interesting, again, this the idea of what is right versus what is what is wrong mm-hmm. they do a really great job of that and i can't deny the the directing and how they filmed how they filmed everything <laughs> just yeah all the scenes in the in water um just all of the explosions and the makeup involved uh i just i just couldn't get past how disturbing it was to watch and i don't necessarily think i needed to feel that way again because i know that world war ii was terrible maybe it's because i wasn't even alive then that i feel like i don't i didn't i didn't need to experience that okay yeah i mean i don't necessarily disagree with that but it's also to me not a fault of the film like it Mm -hmm. it actually speaks to the quality of the movie that you felt so viscerally. Yeah, I mean, I I felt a certain way, but, I mean, feeling offended isn't necessarily, like, a good thing. I mean, it's art, you know? There exists art to make, you know, one have a reaction, so... Yeah, but then I think I mentioned to you after it was done is that if we think about our morals as 
I'll even just say as Americans, that this movie is allowed to be made with an R rating. And it is disturbing the death and the gruesomeness of the whole thing. Yet you get movies rated X because of the sex in it. Yeah. And And so we can say this is okay for people to watch. Saving Private Ryan is. But no, 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 we can't. We can't show this aspect. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not art. That's pornography. Yeah. That's not art. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other podcast that we could have about, you know, the MPAA and ratings mm-hmm. and dovetailing off of um, this film is not yet rated. You oh, know, yes. a great documentary that shows kind of the, the hypocrisy of... Mm-hmm. The motion picture ratings yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Or killing, and, you know, sense, like bringing in guns and shooting up a place versus, oh, it was a war and we had a cause to kill these people. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. That I think that was my, I was sort of reminded of like American morals and mm-hmm. what, what we choose to place like certain value on as being good or bad for people to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of annoying for me um as well okay (laughs) but uh so i ended up giving it ended up giving it a seven that might that might change now that i've had a little bit of time to sink like it's had time to sink in Mm -hmm. that that was more of an immediate after watching it i felt so disgusted that i might be tempted to to bump that up a little bit later to a possible Mm -hmm. 7.5 or 8 but right now it's sitting... Oh, don't go crazy. I know. Right now it's sitting at a seven for me. <laughs> okay. I give it an eight. I, I think it's, it, it is respected and admired and justifiably so. Yeah, right. I was going to say rightfully so. I yeah. agree. Yeah. It's just... I mean, I guess you can say it is like a, a piece of art mm-hmm. that you can appreciate the effort and thought and... Um, uh, like imagination behind yep. it in, in the innovation behind it, but you don't personally want to look at it. That's kind of how I feel about okay. this movie. That's fair. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a really creative piece of art you have on your wall and it looks like it took a long time to do. Yeah. But no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look away at something else. I'll take some Ann Gettys. <laughs> okay. More. Oh, well, that's a whole other <laughs> offensive <laughs> art that we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, so from very, very heavy. Yes, to going into the Saturday night, uh, The Burbs. Okay, we're here with our first guest ever in the history of the Married at the Movies podcast. Very exciting. Yes, very exciting. A hilarious, talented, amazing improviser, my friend, and soon to be yours, Kristen Finger. Kristen, thanks. Yay! I'm honored and thrilled to be the first guest on this podcast. Also honored and thrilled you chose to say that I was funny. So thank you. Oh. <laughs> well, now it, I just really, I just put pressure on you. But now you, you have to be, be funny. funny. Yes. So you've set a precedent that I will let down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> I no, doubt no, that. Not very much. <laughs> so, Kristen, we brought you on to talk about your favorite Tom Hanks movie, which is The Burbs. Yes. Uh, so why is it your favorite? Uh, you know, what's like, what's your history with the film? Did you see it when you were a kid, et cetera. So I, th- I think the first time I saw it was definitely uh, when I was like maybe 11 or 12. 
Um, and my, I have an older brother who always watched movies with me. So it was like, I never watched movies alone. It was like, if he wanted to watch it, I'd watch it. And I think that's how we saw it. I don't remember seeing it in the theater. I don't remember, um, the actual first sit down of it, but, um, it is my favorite Tom Hanks movie because to me it is classic Hanks. When I say classic Hanks, (laughs) I mean, just the charming, really sort of funny, like, because it's close second to Turner and Hooch Hanks to me. Um, okay. I just like uh, this movie so much, I think, because I also grew up in a neighborhood that had, like, cul-de-sacs like this. Uh, and everyone knew everyone's business. And there was that person that had that lawn. Um, but also, I, I think I just, I don't know, Hanks in this is just brilliant. I think it's, it's easy. It's not Hank's acting, acting, like in like Philadelphia or in something more serious. It's mm-hmm. just Hank's being, I think what he really is as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he is. Yeah. There's like a classic Hank's thing that I love is when he starts yelling and he gets oh, his voice. <laughs> Thousand percent. He does that so many times in this movie. So I think yeah. that's also what puts it at the top. Tom Hanks yelling is the best. I could, I'm sure there's a YouTube compilation out there that I would just, would love to watch on repeat because yes, his, his exasperated or like, Mm -hmm. you know, the like over explaining things through yelling at somebody just to get the point across. uh, It's it's peak Hanks. And yeah, it is. It's so good. It's so, I also just liked it as like from a character base sort of um, movie of like each character had its own sort of like, drive and own specificity in the film and without all of those pieces like like Corey Feldman as Ricky is also one of my favorite like Corey Feldman roles I've ever seen in my life because I also think that that's just Corey Feldman that's fair yeah I think yeah it was like he wasn't even like slated to be in the film he just showed up on the set and they're was, like, like okay commenting as his character comments I- the entire thing could possibly have been Corey Feldman improvising yeah. as Corey Feldman of the things that were going on. You got the pizza guy. Yeah, the pizza yeah. guy's coming. He totally turned into a Ninja Turtle when he said that. Yeah, which is funny because he played Donatello in the first and I believe third movies. He did the voice. I bet that's what got him the audition. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Hey guys, the pizza guy's coming. <laughs> So this this was our first time ever seeing it. And I have to say that I don't disagree with you. I think the the movie is super fun. Like the whole time through, it's, you know, it's not a lot of work for the viewer. No. No. You know, it's all right there. I mean, there's a little bit of subtext if you really want to get into it. But it's just fun and super enjoyable and highly entertaining. And now Monica is going to tell me why I'm wrong. No, I just, no, no, no. Like... It was very funny. I like. I thought it was very funny. It was definitely entertaining, but I did not see it as just like as funny or something that I. I don't even see it as something that I would watch like again. Like it was. (gasps) It was fun. It was entertaining, but like I see, I disagree with you that Tom Hanks's character was likable. Like I didn't like him. He's he's a total jerk to his wife. Like she's just trying to help him, and he's like. (laughs) Oh no, I just think no, go away on vacation or you know, he's he's yelling at her all the time and then his friends are like mean to him about it. Like I didn't think I thought this was one of his most like unlikable roles, to be honest. Wow. Just, like, his relation like with his kid, he doesn't like 
seem to care about his kid at all. He like his kids come in, he's like, Daddy, Daddy, this, and he's like, We're having a conversation here. Go away, leave <laughs> us alone. That like I I didn't get that. Like, oh my gosh, it's Tom Hanks. Like, I I don't know. That's so interesting because I found it really likable. I found <laughs> Maybe I'm like a, a man rough around the edges who yeah. isn't that nice to me. Uh, but yeah, I because I think I also never thought that Carrie Fisher as uh, his wife. I thought there that I I never thought it was that he was being mean to her. I thought it was that was their dynamic of sort of that. Um, we didn't get to see how that dynamic got discovered. But mm-hmm. I was okay with it, if that makes sense. Like that does make sense. Because I feel like she's a little bit of a hard like, ass too. Yeah. yeah, she didn't really put up with it. I mean, you know, right. you can give it worse than he could dish it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's Princess Leia for goodness sake. <laughs> There's no way she. Yeah, exactly. And um, maybe I feel like I would have felt differently about this movie if I were, had been younger when I saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. Because now, as I watch it, I'm watching it with much more of an adult. Like. I'm looking at Carrie Fisher going like, oh my God, if Sean said that to me, like if <laughs> cool. Sean had been wa- wandering really? around with his friends because they thought some neighbor were murderers, like what, that is so ridiculous. Like that I don't I think- love I love that. Yeah, like, in like the eighties, uh, early nineties rather, when it came out, like 89, it was more like, oh yeah, that's just what dads do. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think maybe it's one of those movies that I think just gets lost. Like if you don't have that innocence- yeah like it's it's lost on you and that now when i see it i only have seen it as an adult with responsibilities and i'm like tainted in watching you know and watching that and yeah no also that makes the, the yeah and like the teacher part of me is always like trying to be a little more empathetic so i'm like well the neighbors i mean i don't know maybe there's something going on there that they, they should really just like ask them and find out what's wrong and like that i just have a hard time like disconnecting this is amazing. You watch movies so differently than I do. <laughs> I'm just like, this is hilarious. I hope they're murderers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking they better be murderers because then he can explain to his wife why he's spending all of his time doing this. <laughs> I thought it was, there was a very nice moment when in all of the hoopla that was happening, he was like, you cut your hair. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. at the end. <laughs> you realize. Yeah. You know. <laughs> at the end, it was really, it was sweet at the yeah. end there. I'll I really do that. like your hair. Yeah. <laughs> I really do like your hair. Okay. I, but I don't think, um, he, I don't know if Tom Hanks could have um, played that role any, like, because I at least found him likable, but if he, you definitely could have put someone else in that same role. Mm-hmm. Like if you put someone like Vince Vaughn now in that movie, mm-hmm. in that role, yeah. you'd be like, this guy's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a Absolutely. good point. You yeah. said he's like, ende- he comes across as endearing, even if he's not being the nicest. Right. Like, I feel like he's the kid. At least this is my backstory uh, for Ray Peterson is that like he's grown up in the burbs and he wasn't super popular growing up. He had his close friends. So like now that he's in his, this neighborhood, he doesn't have like those friends. So whoever's around him are his friends mm-hmm. and he wants to seem cool. But he also is like, these people are ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Like. I and I definitely think that like art is sort of the the same way. He definitely was never popular. Like no yeah. one liked that guy in high school. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now that he lives in the burbs and like is sort of, I feel like he like the moment he moved into that uh, circle was like, I'm cool and I own this. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just. That's a, good, that's a good way to look at it. That gives a different perspective. Like, Tom Hanks didn't really like know any better or sort of way that to like to be that way. Right. Like, it was like, all right, well, these are the friends that were handed to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to fit in and to be a part of this, I have to do this like because there definitely was a turn, right? Like, I think he he definitely was like, oh, art. And, you know, he he just wasn't sure. And then I think obviously, like when they were breaking into the house, he was still like "Eh." my the part that felt the most like Hanksy to me is when he's writing the note um, about the dog and the way he's like he like tries to like explain the whole thing. No, it's this is the second time he's like, I have your dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very um that's to me. Like his, it is. his mannerisms there and yeah. his thinking there. That that part was really funny. I also don't want to forget to mention two of the other great characters in this were the two folks that played the garbage collectors. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And they get so much time. Like yes. for, for people that have literally nothing to do with the plot Mm -hmm. they just have this amazing little like sketch in the middle of the movie it's so great it's so good and i just i i think it adds to why i love it is just like character after character after character Mm -hmm. um and like the i feel like the only straight man in this film was you know like carrie fisher trying to make sense of this Mm -hmm. but then at the end the the detective the cop who comes Mm -hmm. in um is like literally the only ones that have a line of like what is happening (laughs) (laughs) and i'm okay with it i mean you could see this like the entire cul-de-sac and like the neighborhood just being like a sitcom you know it's like everybody is so dialed into a specific character that you could throw them into like any situation i feel like it would be completely watchable yeah that's i think I grew up in a neighborhood called Hidden Meadows and it very, it sounds (laughs) mysterious. Um, But it was, I think that's why also my brother and I really liked this was because it was just this neighborhood Mm -hmm. and we were like, yeah, I get it. Like my brother would drive too fast down the street and someone would call immediately and be like, Marge, can you tell Brian to slow down? Wow. It was like that. So I was like, oh, this, I think I wanted there to be murderers in my neighborhood. Okay. There was one down in, we had, there were two cul-de-sacs in our neighborhood. And down at the one, there was one that every year at Halloween, my mom would be like, don't go to that house. (laughs) And we were like, cause they're murderers. Like we immediately, that's what the kids (laughs) assumed. But really they just weren't nice people. Um, and didn't want to, like, they never had their lights on. So my mom didn't want us to like knock on their door and bother them. But in my mind and all my friends' minds, we were like, oh, (laughs) and so like, we would dare each other to get like close to their driveway and stuff. So like this movie was very relatable. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. But I think I was also just a little confused at the end. Like he is a murderer. Because he's got all these, he's got all these skeletons. Right. It, well, it, it definitely, definitely explained, like, who or why, or, like, so Tom Hanks was right the whole time, but not about the fact that it was his neighbor that he murdered, but 
he managed to discover that he murdered other people. And right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I think I wanted more of like a, oh yes. Like whether it was, oh, all these missing people have been linked back to this guy or something. Yeah. It was still almost up for interpretation. Like, all right, he's got a bunch of skulls in his back of his trunk, but. Like, I, have, I have Kristen Finger's interpretation of why they were murderers. Would you oh, like to hear it? I would, <laughs> I would love to hear. <laughs> well, I don't know if you realize, but they, uh, he was a doctor. Yeah. So my interpretation is that he was uh, dissecting and like doing experiments. Okay. On people. So he needed to murder someone somehow, but couldn't take them out of their house. So he would go into these houses, murder these people in their homes, and then dissect them in their homes and oh. then bury them in the basement. Okay. Um, that is my take. Because he on says it. that they move around a lot. Exactly. So I bet if they would go back in all the houses that these, that the Klopex have lived in, they would find some evidence, but I think they do bring the skeletons with them. But I think that is specifically why they wanted this house was because of the furnace in that house. And they they were like, this is perfect. We can burn the bodies. Well, I like, if that had been included, I might've enjoyed (laughs) it a little bit more. It's like, I wanted... I wanted some closure for it to be like Tom Hanks was right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And like, thank you, honey, for discovering that we had these murderers in our neighborhoods. And I think that would have made it more worth like the while, I guess. Yeah. Harry Fisher could be like, okay, thanks, honey. You found that we had murderers in our neighborhood. You've saved the neighborhood. Yes. I think that's kind of a product of the time period that came out too. Because I feel like it's 70s and 80s movies, like, sometimes just didn't care about the plot yeah. at the end of the movie. It's like, you yeah, had fun, right? Yeah. We can yeah. just go home. Like, it's it's like, you know, how they say, like, ending a sketch is the hardest thing to do. Yes. So, like, it, they kind of just work yeah, that way like, in Man. movies. They're like, eh. We'll just put skeletons in his trunk and that'll right. explain everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to bring up the the classic 80s thing where super hot chick is with not super hot guy. Yes. Yeah. And just prancing around in half half of her clothes. Little outfits. <laughs> like he's gardening in a bathing suit. Or yeah. And the camera yeah. lingers. No real. tan lines today. Yeah. yeah that was... <laughs> and she's like, thanks. Like, yeah. like she's yeah. totally cool with the... How old is he supposed to... He's probably like in high school? I think he's probably in... Yeah, I think yeah. that's... Yeah. For sure. That's a little that's a little creepy for her yeah. to be like into that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh I also enjoy the character of Hans. Uh one of my favorite moments is when he says sardines. Oh. And then Hanks that's there. <laughs> like makes the noise of like when my cat is having a hairball. <laughs> It's so good. But just watching him, I watched no one else in that moment. You just watched Tom Hanks. Yeah. And he takes and, a good amount of time uh, trying to lay yeah. it perfectly out on the pretzel. Is that a thing? Like sardines? No. Yeah. They just have these. I think these are the only two items in the Clopex yeah. house. Yeah. Carrie <laughs> Fisher gives him that look like, God. Yeah. Come on, please do it. (laughs) I just want to know what the direction was for Tom Hanks in that moment. Like, and if he did have to eat an actual sardine, because that's disgusting. I hope not. 
There was lots of loud eating in this film, which I did not oh, enjoy. That's a big pet peeve for Monica. I, so in the, like one of the opening scenes, Art, uh, Art is like chawing on the ribs and he's breakfast. like, and then the kid is eating an apple and like the kid's got the apple and the ribs and it's like <laughs> terrible. And then the sardine and the, he eats, the sardines all like, and then he yep. puts it on there and then he's like crunching on the pretzel and it's squishing and oh my God, that was terrible for me. <laughs> Like that was the scariest part. Which honestly <laughs> just adds to my enjoyment of the film yeah. watching yeah. her <laughs> Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. It was just oh. Yeah. What else, uh, Monica, did you hate about this film? No, I didn't <laughs> wait, I didn't hate it. <laughs> Not what I said. No, I didn't hate it. Like, I don't know. I just didn't find it. Um I felt like the storyline just kind of didn't like go places like they I and I think I wanted a little bit more like slapsticky stuff in it mm-hmm. like, more of them like I mean, there was a lot of slapstick I'm gonna say you didn't find the moment where they like the roof in the shed and yeah but then with that but that wasn't the fence with, with the two feet but that wasn't marks. until they like decided I feel like there was a lot before that yeah that, that it was more of like investigate like look at the trash and do this and do that and like the slapsticky didn't come until like that last like third sure that i think i wanted wanted a little bit more like silly yeah like over the top type of thing i just i really didn't like art's character either he was annoying to me i don't think that's that's the point yes that's the point which i get but no i didn't hate it it wasn't just like oh my god that was so much so fun so funny so you'd never watch it again i mean i would I mean, after this conversation and some of the things that you brought up, I would make you watch it again. Ah, I did it! So, I did like, it! Conversion. To, you know, and it wasn't, and it's not like it was horrible. Like, watching it again wouldn't be torture or anything like that. Right. It's not like it was right. two and a half hours long or something. I have made, I may have watched this movie about 500 times at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I find new things that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like that I didn't laugh at. And I think it's, it definitely is coming with my age. And uh, that happens, you know, you watch movies as a kid and then you watch, like I watched Dazed and Confused as like a 15 year old kid. And then I watched it when I understood mm-hmm. what all the references were. And I was like, whoa, why did I watch this when I was 12? <laughs> yes. But I feel like this movie has sort of some of that in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I definitely laugh at, I find moments uh, like when they're sitting there just watching Jeopardy together. Like yeah. I, I overlooked that when I was younger. Oh yeah, when they're now, like four, that is cute. Like having a partner and someone that you know you do that sort of stuff with. You're like, that's a really fun. I really like that moment. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> one of my favorite bits is when the dog keeps bringing the bone back and yeah, that is conversation. Funny. And finally, it leads to that Zoom cam moment, which was so yeah. out of context of the whole, whole movie. Yeah. So, Monica, after mm-hmm. this conversation <laughs> and after watching it, I feel like where where yeah. is it in your rating? So, I feel like after this conversation, that I, I I have a little bit of a better like you reminded me of some things that were funny that I've forgotten about mm-hmm. right after we watched it. Like some of these movies, you gotta let them sink yeah. before you give it your final rating. So when we finished watching it yesterday, I believe I said a 7.5 mm-hmm. is what I said. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking I'm going to lean more towards eight. Eight? I I love, like right. Kristen really kind of convinced me with like her whole backstory of like who Tom Hanks was and like even, you know, like why they were murdering. Yeah. I, I don't like, 
those little fan theories it got, kind of pushed me to like that half point that I think I'm going to go and eat out of 10. <laughs> I can't believe I just bumped it up 0. 0.5. I, I think, yeah. Wow. Did. And just like the, That's and the, big. the femur bone part, you reminded me of that. And like the yeah. scream, I don't, that was hilarious. I, laughed I forgot really. about that too. I laughed really hard <laughs> at that part. Yeah. So wow. I think there was, yeah, you, um, you yeah. convinced me to go back and like reread a little bit that I think it's going to be an eight out of a 10. For nice. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a four. I thought you oh, were ready no, no, to give no. it a four. Or something. No, I think it's while I was watching it, I knew you, I knew you loved this. And part of me was like, man, I'm, I'm really going to let Kristen down because <laughs> I'm, <not, laughs> I'm not enjoying this movie as much as, as much as she enjoys That's this awesome. movie. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. How about you, Sean? Uh, I give it a nine. Solid nine. It's so, it's just so much fun. Like if you, if you're not having fun with this movie, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say much more. Kristen, what? where were you? Right? Well, wait a minute. I have a question before. I, what 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 could I say to push you to a 9.5 or a 10? What what do I need to say? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's not. I, there was a little bit, I think, in the middle where I feel it does sag just a bit for a couple scenes. Yeah. Just, I kind of. Wanted to you move know. forward a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. And that's then I just, plus the general, you know, like the parts that don't age as well, like the super male gaziness yeah. of it and like that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I didn't like just that. Just deduct, <laughs> you know, a point here or there for that. It's not as bad as some of the other films we've watched. No. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that, oh man, before I give, I mean, let's, all right, I'll just be obvious. I'm giving it a 10. I'm yeah. not a video. <laughs> like, we all knew that. This is Surprise. literally like my top three favorite movies of all time are Ghostbusters, Goonies, then this. So like, oh, I'm going to give it a 10. That might be a whole other episode where we ask you back and I ask you to explain to me what's so great about Goonies. the Goonies. Yeah. I'm sorry, we but I don't get don't it. don't really get what? it. What? I'm out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> well, wait, These people we... are wrong. <laughs> before you leave us, uh, I want uh, you to, you have uh, Remark, which is going yes. right now, which is an amazing concept that mm-hmm. I feel like anyone who listens to our show <laughs> should definitely be watching. So uh, tell us a little bit about it and where people can find it. Oh, thank you. So Kevin, Reagan, and I love watching the holiday Hallmark movies. And since we're in a quarantine, we decided to create a show around it because what else are we doing? Um, so each week we watch all four new holiday movies and then do a a live sort of, not live, but a show about them. Um, so it's like a podcast, but you get to watch our faces at the same time. Uh, <laughs> we have special guests on and we're doing three live shows in December. Uh, with mm-hmm. Kelly Vrooman and her dad, who became a viral sensation of uh, the Hallmark things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's my particular favorite moment of these is we objectify the men in these films. And I don't ah. think that that is done enough or right. ever. So uh, I'm paving the way for us to objectify men in films instead of always just the women. So okay. the men get a rating of one out of 10 mistletoes. So you have to tune in for that. Oh, Ooh. interesting. That sounds fun. I while we're on the subject of objectifying men, oh, yeah. I have to say that in the burbs, Tom Hanks's calf game is on point. <laughs> he just yes? he has nice. He's running around in those shorts, and like his calves are very nice. I find Tom Throwing Hanks out to be very sexy. Uh, I think he's really hot. Uh, there's like an eight. There's like a 
there's a point where Hanks became what he is now. And I'm like, still good looking guy, but like past my like hunko meter. But yeah, Hanks and this look good. I'm just fascinated that that's what Sean looks at. On yeah, the- that's, that's so nice. <laughs> now you can catch him gazing at other yeah. I'll just cover his eyes and people with shorts walk by. Sean, <laughs> don't objectify them. It's just hot out. <laughs> Sorry, where can people find Remark? Oh, fantastic. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube. There is a Remark page there, Remark Show. And then also on Facebook, please follow and like us uh, Remark as well on there. Uh, and we also have an Instagram. Guys, we're everywhere. Right. What? Yeah. But our YouTube channel is where you can uh, neatly uh, watch all the episodes. Awesome. And I will try to uh, post a link to that as well in the show notes for our show. So, thank you so much. Kristen, thank you so much yeah. for being our first ever guest. First guest. So that we didn't have to argue just amongst ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Tension with, with hilarity. <laughs> I'm just glad that I brought Monica 0. 0.5 up. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think I, I just needed someone to better explain it to me. Pushing it up the power hankings. I think that's one person at a time. Yes. I love yeah. it. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, gang. Our final movie for this week was Castaway. Now, this was originally... You have to say, it's cast away. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's two words. It's not one word. Right. Because it has some double meaning. Yes. Now, I just want to go on notice to say that this was originally on my list of don't watch when we had our big list. Mm -hmm. I wanted to nix this one, but Sean's must list nixed my nixed list. Wow, that was confusing. Yes. It superseded. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The next, the next, because we must, the must. Yes, exactly. Yes. So I, I didn't want to watch this one again, because I'd already seen it, and I don't, I don't think you need to see this movie more than once. I feel like I need to see it at least once, though, and that's why I needed it to be on this list, because, mm-hmm. you know, as we stated in the beginning, at least for me, that was the point of the list, is to kind of, you know, see these uh, core Hank's performances, and I feel like this is up there with those. Absolutely. You know, like a top you know, five things that you rattle off is Hanks. Is well, mainly because it's just Tom Hanks for right. most of the yeah. movie. I mean, he, I mean, plus Wilson, but he yeah. carried, yeah, it's a two hander Hanks in the volleyball, <laughs> yeah. yes. which uh, I just want to say for the record, I am loyal to and preferable of Tachikahara volleyballs. They just, I like them better. And, um, but that yeah. doesn't really, Tachikahara doesn't really flow as well as just Wilson. I see. I thought that sounded great. <laughs> it kind of was a struggle, but this movie, yeah, I I wanted to like it, and I feel there are nuggets in there that could have been expanded on that weren't, mm-hmm. that could have really said something about like something. Well, as I, you know, kind of flippantly mentioned, it is cast away. It's not mm-hmm. cast away. Yeah, yeah. So it's about, you know, he gets cast away by Helen Hunt, mm-hmm. essentially, and then ultimately at the end he has to cast away his feelings for Helen Hunt, yes. and, you know, and there's, you know, there's so much to be said about time and how they deal with time. And mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, the whole watch thing and him tallying. Yeah. Like and if, those, if right. all the FedEx stuff is, um, you know, true and real to FedEx, mm-hmm. I feel like they chose that very specifically for that, you know, the time thing that he says at the beginning. I, can't remember exactly um, what it is but not turning your back on time or right, something like exactly. that exactly because literally yeah. he 
loses time. Mm-hmm. You know, and then loses... the the um the package says like the wings of time. Yes, like, a whole... exactly. There's so much to be said, and I feel like there's so much to be read into with a lot of that. But it mm-hmm. doesn't. I don't know. I feel like it doesn't really deal with it. It just kind of flirts with those themes. Yeah, and then ultimately it kind of accelerates time at the end to just kind of give you like like one or two days of him back and it kind of dismisses the things that are going to be so interesting to see like how he reassimilates into society and if he can yeah after four years by himself talking to a volleyball there is a cool scene about the party at the hotel or wherever he's staying yeah and he looks and it's sushi it's like raw fish and it's crab. yeah which come it was on like great yeah how much of a dick do you have <laughs> yeah. to be to serve that to a man that was get the man a pizza <laughs> get him some burgers some fries, fries yeah. a steak barbecue what yeah. are you doing anything even like a salad <laughs> i think survivor existed at this point i can't remember oh, wait, where when was his ponderosa yeah exactly <laughs> come on just oh it's so rude to yeah, be that was uh, really rude. Yeah. I, I agree with you though there could have been some pretty cool moments of him you know getting back like when um when he's in the kitchen with helen hunt Dinah? uh <laughs> oh helen hunt oh yes when she's telling about he's like let me get this straight all right i have one question for you we yeah. have a football team it was like playing nashville like those kinds of things like added the humor to mm-hmm. it but i the survival part of this movie is really cool. It's great. When from the plane crash, you know, to him being found is just really cool to see how he uses his resources and, you know, survives yeah. that time. And again, there it was it was really interesting because they do a great job to kind of they kind of tell you his mindset. Not based on anything that he's saying, because it's before he kind of uses Wilson as a inner monologue. Mm-hmm. But there are very clear delineations between when he first shows up, he is trying to get rescued. Yes. And then he kind of gives up on rescue. Well, not gives up, but mm-hmm. realizes that he needs to live instead yes. of survive. Because it doesn't seem like he's going to be rescued. Right. And then he starts to open the packages. He starts Mm -hmm. to do other things like set up camps Mm -hmm. and really tries to concentrate on fire and and everything else. And then there's another turn there later. When the porta potty thing shows up? Even before that with the... I forget what it is exactly. But there's another turn where he kind of gives up again. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe that's because they don't show it. And I think... The weird thing was cutting it right after the dental surgery. To take that point and then fast forward four years mm-hmm. and like, was interesting. Four years seems such a like random time. And it's just like, yeah, well, four years later. like I don't know if it's that random. I feel like they needed to make it a good amount of time so that Helen Hunt would be move, kind of forced to move yes. on. Yes. You know, if it was just like a year like eight months later Mm -hmm. i don't know if you can really grieve over that in that time but then but then when we see her it's like she never actually accepted it she was like i always knew you were alive and everybody told me i was crazy that was now i'm just now i'm just settling with this guy and i still love you but no oh well i have to go home there's a weird sidetrack there's a (laughs) weird theme of women in tom hanks's movies lives that just cast aside a guy that they settled for, mm-hmm. for Tom Hanks. True. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Sleepless in Seattle, 
She dumps yeah. like the nicest dude in the world. Mm-hmm. You've, You've got, got mail. mail. She mm-hmm. dumps Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Um, even well, Larry Crown. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Heisenberg. Uh, Brian Cranston was oh. kind of a dick. So oh you're, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're fine right, with yeah. her leaving. But it's just a weird kind of thing Reversal. where it's like, yeah, milk toast guy gets left by quirky female lead. Yeah. <laughs> to you know, be with Tom Hanks. So yeah, yeah. it's just, but it's just like, oh. I will always love you, and I knew you were alive, but everybody told me that I had to move on and marry somebody else, so I did. So, and, and then she, you know, gave up her dreams of becoming a professor. It's just kind of... She like, cast super, that away. Yeah, just yeah. kind of just, like, super sad at the end. Yeah. And then, well, the very, very end has a weird, like, okay, now he's just gonna, like, go after this, like, random chick at the end? It's like... He's looking back towards her house. Yeah, I don't know if go after is the right word. That sounds uh, kind of creepy. Well, but I, don't know. I think, you know, you see what he writes on that paper to leave that package. Yeah, at his her package door, saved my life. Yeah. Which amazing handwriting for Tom Hanks, by the way. If yes. that's like his actual handwriting, True. wow, because that looks like a font and I want to download it. <laughs> but I think that is honestly like what kept him going you know he didn't ever open that package and it it was that one thing where it's kind of like um desmond and lost where he doesn't read the final book of charles dickens oh yeah because he's not ready to go yet that's true um but i say what if there had been really important things in there like like a flare gun or a lighter (laughs) right and there's always that possibility i guess but you know so i think it was just he needed something to help him transition like off to of hold the on island. to, yeah. You know, he held on to that package, so he needs to now know where it came from and mm-hmm. kind of see if there was any, you know, meaning or anything else beyond yeah. just well, that I appreciate, logo. I appreciate the, like, delivering the package was like, okay, he's done that. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, moving on. But to me, it just, it just seems so, like romanticized i guess to be like oh i'm gonna look back towards this girl that was there yeah i don't know i think his face was more like i wonder and not like hubba hubba you know (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know i there are i just feel like there were better ways to end it i agree with that Mm -hmm. definitely like i would even be happy with this package saved my life being the last image Yeah. Of the film. And him, like, walking away from delivering it. Yeah. And then maybe him looking at the map, and then it just And then going on. Yeah. Which is fine, because then, you know, metaphorically, he needs a new place to go. Exactly. He needs a new mission. And that makes sense. And I think that's kind of my problem with it, is that there is so much there besides the things that actually matter. Yes. Like, I feel it wore out his welcome on the island for me. Um, just the, the entire runtime is two hours, 20 minutes, yeah, something it, like that. It could, it could definitely be shorter. It can be shorter. And I think it would have said more if it was. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I was like, we could have, they could have skipped ahead with the building of the, the raft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, although that was a beautiful, when you, um, you know, talking about the cast away yeah. idea when he, um, puts the oars in the water Yeah. and just like. That's really cool mm-hmm. like imagery there of just like, okay, I'm giving it up or I'm leaving it up into whoever's hands. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, it gets rescued, but it is a kind of really cool 
after he, you know, loses Wilson, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah, but then he buys another one. Yeah, which, so like, that's okay. Dude, that's, that's messed up. Like, <laughs> you can't just replace your boy like that. No. Well, it's like and then when... he's going to, like, cut his hand, like, real bad and just and draw just do it, it again. Yeah. I don't know. Again, Todd Shikara is a better than Wilson Volleyballs, yeah. but... What are you gonna do? Yeah. I yeah, I was expecting to really actually love this film, and I was very much cold on it mm-hmm. when when it ended. Um, yeah. What was your ranking for it? My ranking rating was oh, I keep uh, saying six rating. and a <laughs> six and a half. Yes. Um. Yeah. It was. It was okay. It could have been a lot better, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot there that was interesting i i asked you actually after the movie was over if it was a book because i feel a book could really get into the details the of, yeah the survival things more and... interesting and a little bit more of you know maybe even helen hunt's like journey through her own you grief. could see more simultaneous um yeah like well not when you read something but like a back and forth chapter <laughs> yeah. you know of back on you know back in reality versus on the island yeah uh, you're right. It, um, I don't. I forgot to look up if it actually was. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a seven, slightly, yeah, so slightly over your six point five. I do really enjoy, like the survival, mm-hmm. and, like survival movies like that are fun, and I think that was really well done. I do think it was too long, and I didn't really love when he gets back to you know real world. Yeah, that it's I, not. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot. The most egregious part of the film, the part, oh, the part that made me actually angry. Go on. <laughs> you just got really, like, egregious. Well, because it was, it is so messed up to send your new husband oh, yeah. into a room with this guy that you were with four years ago and has, like, for all intents and purposes, pined over you and you yes. might have been the only thing to keep him going yeah it was and pretty... you send the, your new husband out well, to be like yeah bro she's not coming sorry yeah, like but i don't think i uh, don't think that's what you're supposed to think i think you think he tells her no and he comes because mm. when you when they flash to outside she like turns to go in and yeah. he like pulls her back yeah. That I think it was more, honey, I'm going to go do this for you. You're not ready for this. Well, then she needs to kick him in the nuts well, yeah, and, and then like, like this is she, something I need to do because... Like, yeah. she gives up her roles of a professional. Like, I I think you're supposed to sort of get the impression that she just, like, gives in to this guy. Mm, I don't know. That's that's what I didn't... I didn't but think even she Even if that's the case, if, if that is the case and that's that's fine reading of it, I still hate that because... Yeah, sure. Helen Hunt's awesome, and, like, they, mm-hmm. you know, deserve so much better. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, so that uh, were, that was all our movies for the week. Yeah, what a week. Yes. I mean, there were some classics that I did not like, some classics that <laughs> I did not like, and <laughs> some... There were some that weren't as bad as you thought they were. And me. some new jewels that, like, I can honestly see myself revisiting the burbs, mm-hmm. and even the man with one, one red shoe. Yes. Um... Yeah, so overall, good week. Yes. I think a very good week. So now it's time for our... Power Hanky! <laughs> so now we have a total list of 15 movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's recap the bottom three. Very bottom with a total of eight and a half points out of a possible 20 is Volunteers. Yeah, it's still pretty low. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up, and this might anger a lot of people... With a 9.5, Sleepless in Seattle. Still down there. 
again, explain to me Meg Ryan. Yes. Please, please explain to me <laughs> Meg Ryan. And then a huge surprise given that I am putting this list together with an 11.5. Number 13 is Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah, it really didn't hold up. It, no, it seemed like I, it was a lot cooler when we first saw it. I wanted to like it more than I did. Yeah. Yeah. So now should we recap our top five as we have them right now? Sure, because there yeah. there's a bit of a logjam in the middle, to be honest with you. There is a five-way tie for sixth mm-hmm. place. So I think the top five is, yeah. is a good place to tell you. Because uh, reading numbers off on a podcast isn't really the greatest thing to do. No, not really. <laughs> right, so at number five, we had the Burbs. Yes. With a total of 17 points. Yep. Slightly edging <laughs> that out is Captain Phillips. Number two is Green Mile with 19 out of 20 just... So close to being a perfect film. Was, and again, if I didn't watch those final 20 minutes, it would have been Yeah, or like just 20 minutes shorter overall. It would yeah. be a perfect one. Yeah, so, so good, though. Yeah, and then uh, no surprise, number one, we both gave it a 10. Apollo 13. 13. Houston, we have a top spot. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't even like that we, I did that. Can we edit that No, out? I feel like it needs to be in there, and <laughs> no. I need... I need to be mocked for it. Yikes. And I deserve to be mocked for it. Wow. So please leave us Mock a comment. Mock away. <laughs> yes. Leave us a comment at... Don't cast away, but mock away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. I can do cheesy things too. <laughs> yeah. That was... I completely <laughs> lost my spot. So drop us a line at marriedmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on Instagram at Married Movies Podcast. Right. Now, next week, our next seven movies that we're going to be checking out this week, The Money Pit, Joe versus the Volcano, Punchline, Sully, A Hologram for a King, The Terminal, and we'll round out the week with That Thing You Do. And I think next week we're going to be joined by another guest. We are. One of my best friends in the world, Chris Woodward who is a co-host on the podcast Parents Just Don't Understand, where they talk about uh, kids' media and being a parent and... Having to watch that. <laughs> well, yes, either having to watch that or trying to get your kids into the good stuff. Um, yes. I will be talking as a guy who does not have a child but watches many things that are meant for children. So, That's okay. yeah, that is what it is. And also make sure you check out our uh, special segment devoted entirely to Apollo 13 and our special movie experience. Yes. Whole different episode for your ear holes. (laughs) Yep. That's how we're ending it. (laughs) So thanks for listening to Married at at the the movies. Movies.